Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendyka. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He's here. We're alive. We're doing well. Hope you're doing the same. Um, Mike, we got a lot of stuff to go over today. I promised you a surprise. I guess not a surprise, but I, I, I left I left everybody hanging last week. Where I was like, there's some things we want to do this week. Take Let's button up some Lions topics today. We're going to be talking the Lions depth chart, um, where we see this team. I think there's some misconceptions about this football team going into the upcoming season. Along with that, though, we're also going to talk the Lions schedule. It's officially been released. We already knew who the opponents were going to be, but... How it lays out and you know how that schedule breaks down is extremely important to the season as we go along. So we're going to go through that. We're not going to give you win-loss predictions. We're actually going to wait for the whale man Kyle Budzanowski to be on the show with us for us to do Lions predictions. That might be a quick hitter episode because we're going to do the whole league. Um, Mike's got a great topic on that. So when we do that, we'll do that separately. We'll give you guys fair warning about it. Um, and then in the second half of the show, we're just going to talk about some other upcoming games with the NFL schedule that we're looking forward to. There's some big primetime games. There's some big games at the end of the season that may uh, predict our division winners. Um, and later on, we're going to talk the USC 249 event. Not so much about what happened on the card, but as far as the fan experience goes and how that relates to other sports. And then we're going to end the show with something brand new. We're going to talk about Chris Jericho once again up top. Basically claiming to be the the best wrestler in the world. I he released a tweet earlier today, basically saying that he thinks you know, you know, no bragging necessary. He just thinks that what he's doing right now, he is the best entertainer in the world today in the sport of professional wrestling. So we're going to talk about that as well to end the show. So lots of stuff to do, Mike. Um, let's just start off right now. Lions depth chart. Um, you know, this is a three twelve and one football team. You know, mm-hmm. last year number three pick. We've addressed some needs, right? Jeff Okuda, new, you know, probably the new cornerback number one going into the season. If not early on, it's going to make the change from Trufant to him. Uh, you know, we've got DeAndre Swift, another starting running back. We got a pass rusher. We got a new starting guard in Jonah Jackson. Possibly another one later on in the year in Logan Stenberg. Um, lots of lots of moving pieces. A lot of New England faces coming to new coming here, right? Jamie Collins. We've got uh, Danny Shelton. We've got Deron Harmon now. Um, you know some some of these pieces. You know, uh, Big V as our new right tackle. Uh, Mike, just talk to me about where you think this Lions roster is in comparison to last year. Uh, I think this roster's in a more depth positive spot than it was last year okay but i don't know if i necessarily like it more than i did last year okay um i think some of the spots i think you can say they improved yeah um at least depth wise i think like you can look at spots like the offensive line Mm -hmm. where i'm like i don't know i like graham glasgow they're better but depth wise i think you have three or four guys that can actually come in and play, which is more than you did last year. I think um, on the defensive line or your outside linebacker position, Mm -hmm. because they're all in a 3-4 set, they're all kind of blitzers. Mm -hmm. I think you have like five or six guys you can send in rotation there. Last year, I'm like, I think outside of three or four top guys, you didn't really have anyone else to come in there. Um, And I think your defensive backs, I would say... Um, either stay the same or upgrade. I think uh, Deron Hardman is going to be great as a second safety to Tracy yes, Walker. Absolutely. Where I didn't think we had once, especially once Diggs left. Yeah, once we, we didn't really Diggs, have right. that second safety back there. But right. now we have another one. Right. Um. So I think the I think it got better 
depth-wise, but mm-hmm. I don't know, like, starting mm-hmm. 22, I don't right. know if that's much better. Right, and, and and I think you make a good point there. You know, when you look at some of the 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 pieces that they've kind of swapped out, right? Like, obviously, let's just presume Jonah Jackson's going to be the starting guard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, next to probably Joe Dahl, barring health. So if we're, if we're assuming that for a second, you assume that, okay, there's obviously going to be some drop-off between Graham Glasgow and Jonah Jackson, yeah. right? We kind of know that, right? I think the Ragnar Vitae swap, I think, if anything, is um, the same, quite frankly. I don't know necessarily if they're losing a ton in Rick Wagner, but I also don't think that they're gaining a ton with with Vitae. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's never been a full time starter. I get that. You know, they have the two year out after two seasons. I just don't think that even if Vitae is. You know, if he's just average, I think that's what Rick Ragnar was. He mm-hmm. was average at best, right? And as Green Bay Packers will soon find out, he is just average at best. Um, you know, so I think in the offensive line, I think you're right. I think on paper you look, you go, okay, instead of Graham Glasgow and Wagner, two experienced starters being there, now you got two guys that are a little more inexperienced, you know, on that side. So I definitely think that on paper, especially starting. But um, on the defensive side of the ball, I do think that they have gotten – I, I don't want to say the word is necessarily stronger, but I do think that um, a couple things factor into it. I think, number one, the big thing that they've been trying to push on us is scheme fit. And I think, two, um, I think the uh, I think playmaking is, is, a, is something that I think that was missing from this team last year. Seven interceptions, I think that was one of the lowest in the league, if not the lowest. You know, we didn't create a lot of turnovers, right? You know, Deron Harmon back there at safety, I think, is going to be tremendous compared to Will Harris, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and quite frankly, I think Deron Harmon, as far as ball skills, I think maybe better than Diggs. I think Diggs was was definitely more confident, probably playing the run. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, than than maybe Harmon is. I think it's going to allow Tracy Walker to be a little more flexible. I think the linebacking core, you swap, you, you let go of Kennard, in comes Jamie Collins, right? I think Jamie Collins is a bigger playmaker than Devin Kennard is. I think that, and I think he's a little more multiple than um than Kennard is. You know, I don't think Kennard really was, was much in as far as pass, uh, pass coverage goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the cornerback position, I think that's the one thing that I think a lot of people are thinking that they may be taking a step back from. Give me your thoughts on, on where you think they are in the defensive backfield, just cornerback position specifically, because I really like where their defensive backfield is now, yeah. if, 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 if the stars kind of align here, which in, in all teams it kind of needs to. But as far as where you're seeing from from last year, from Slay, Rashawn Melvin, Coleman, to now it's Okuda, Desmond Trufant, Coleman, yeah. and then, you know, whoever your fourth, yeah. Warrior, whoever. Yeah, again, I think it all relies on if Jeff Okuda can come in and play right away. Yeah. And, like, be a top, like, performing guy. Right. Like, obviously, I think he's going to be able to come in and be a serviceable starter. Yeah. But I think you need him to come in and be, like, be a guy. Be a guy. Yeah, be a guy. Be a man. Yeah, for team. sure. Yeah, Because absolutely. I think if he does it, I think you kind of drop the ball a little bit because I don't think Desmond Trufant alone on an island is no. very good anymore. No. Joseph Coleman's still good at the nickel, yeah. but if he has to move out outside, you saw last year that it doesn't work very well. Right. And I don't know if Amani Rurie is ready, ready yet as being a fifth-round guy. Yeah. You looked at, okay, he's probably going to need two or three years to be able to be at least have a chance to be a guy mm-hmm. and he's got drafted last year so mm-hmm. I don't think he's had the time yet. Yes. So Right, I'm with um, him for sure. Yeah. I think Jeff Okuda is like the big like if Okuda works yeah. and he can play on somebody's number two and right. basically lock him down. Yeah. I think you're 
in a yep. great spot. However, if he's getting beat by mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson on the Vikings, or if right. he's getting beat by Lazard on Green right. Bay, mm-hmm. then I'm like, yes. then you're in yeah, a we're, whole we're lot in a lot of trouble. Him. Absolutely, for sure. And I like the fact that, you know, obviously they're banking on Jeff Okuda coming in and starting <sighs> day one. Yeah. Right? Like, he's going to be, it's going to be him, it's going to be Trufant. Those are the two guys. I like, honestly, too, what they did. Um, as far as the depth goes, Dale Roberts was a starter for New York last year, right? For the yeah. Jets, right? Um, I like the fact that Awarie is still there. That's another guy I think that they're going to like. Mike Ford has starting experience. I, I like the fact that we are now you're looking at a cornerback room who, yeah, I think Slay to Okuda, you, it's hard to give Okuda be like, oh, he's better than Slay. We, he's never stu- he has never played yeah. it down yet, right? You know what I mean? But I think that let's just go with the assumption for a second that Okuda is going to be your number one. Mm-hmm. Trufant over Melvin is a clear upgrade, in my mm-hmm. opinion, right? So, and then with the rest of the depth that they have with a Daryl Roberts and an Awarie and, and a Mike Ford, I really like what they have in the secondary as far as depth goes. Where, like, if a Trufant goes down, okay, maybe an Awarie or somebody's got to step in at yeah. one of those spots. I'm not necessarily like, oh my gosh, we're totally dead in the yeah. water. As, as where I felt like last year when Slay went down, defensively, statistically, you didn't feel like they, they really, because they were so bad anyway, yeah. but you definitely could sense that there was a missing piece in the secondary last yeah. year. Well, yeah, a way I look at it usually is I do like a, rank, a point system, yeah. and if I take Coleman out of it because yeah. he's in the nickel, right. I look at, I would rank up as going Slay 1, Trufant 2, Okuda probably three and Melvin four from starting corners that we right. had last year and this year. Yeah. And when you look at that, they both equal point value of five. Right. Like slight having like one and four or mm-hmm. two and three. Right. So I look at them like I don't think it's that bad because I think that you have mm-hmm. two guys now mm-hmm. that are both right. good instead yeah. of one great and one okay. Yeah. I really kind of I actually really like what they did at safety too, just real quick. Like Tracy Walker, I'm a big fan of this J. Ron Curse guy, uh, coming from Minnesota. He's gonna be a big special teams guy. Okay. But I think he's gonna get a lot of snaps at safety as well. I think that's a guy that they're looking forward to kind of like Oh, maybe, you know, um, this Jeremiah Denson, I think he's the guy, I think they, he was a restricted free, or unrestricted free agent from yeah. uh, Auburn, right? He's an athletic freak. Um, that's another special teamer. But I like, I really like what they did in their secondary. I think that they are, like I said, I don't know necessarily on, on starting potential, like, are they going to be as locked down on one side of the ball when Slay was at his game, mm-hmm. on top of his game? Probably not right away, but if Okuda turns out to be the man, I think long-term... I think this is a better. I think it's a better fit for them. Yeah. Quite frankly. And even here's the thing with the Okuda pick mm-hmm. is I think that even if worst case scenario happens this year and we have a bad season and everyone gets fired and we have to find new people, mm-hmm. I don't think Okuda's. I think Okuda can fit multiple Any schemes. roles. Any schemes. So yeah. I think that whoever comes in, it's like okay, at least we have Okuda. Mm-hmm. I think that was my problem, possibly with even picking like a quarterback or a really key positional piece. Right. Is that if this season doesn't work? Mm-hmm. What if the next coach is like, I don't like this quarterback that we right, have, and we have right. to go find another one? Like I think right. Okuda fits everything, just everything. about everything Pretty that much. you want to do. So yes. at least you have one good corner, right, for a set piece. Absolutely, for, for sure. Let's talk. After. Let's talk D line here just for a second. Obviously, I think that's the biggest hole still on this team. If there is, if there, like there, this team is not complete by any means. This is not a perfect roster. But I think that if you're looking at a specific area of weakness, I think we can both agree the defensive line is probably the one that needs. If they go to sign a guy, right. You pro- I would assume that's probably I, where they go. I would say go. defensive tackle. Yeah, 100%. right. Yeah, they're going to go sign again. Right. Yeah. So you, you have Danny Shelton. Um, they signed Nick Williams from Chicago. They drafted John Penasini from Utah. Um, you know, 
there's there's some other people who can play those spots, right? You got like John Atkins, but you've also got Trey Flowers can play multiple positions. Deshaun Hand can play multiple positions. Um, Austin Bryant, um, you know, is another guy that you can maybe see fitting a, a DN slash linebacker role as well. Talk to me about where you think this D line is, and do you, you know, I mean, I'm assuming there's going to be another signing. I I can I I I can't imagine they're going to go in with Nick Williams, Danny Shelton. And then a whole bunch of question marks after that at the D line. Even with say Deshaun Hand, say he's 100. percent That's great, but I still think they need somebody else too. I, I do think they need somebody else. I think they're banking more on their back seven. Mm-hmm. I guess you could put right. Their front front four. Seven, yeah, the front, front seven. Yeah, right. Like I think linebacker and defensive back is really what they went because they saw that they got beat up last year, mm-hmm. and I think that they noticed that last year they didn't have a pass rush. Right. So they went, we're gonna try to get a pass rush, mm-hmm. but if it doesn't work. Let's just try to bank on having a good, better secondary than last yeah, year. Right. Because I don't, even if you don't sign another guy, I would say like Flowers, the Aquawar brothers, mm-hmm. and Deshaun Hand. I think that's serviceable. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm not. Yeah. I'm like, but is yeah. it like you're not good? Don't expect this team then, if this is how it stays, to be able to get like three sacks every single no, game. Like yeah, nothing. Not nothing's no. happening. Like no, you're no. not getting forty no. ers pass. Rush no, absolutely not. Thing. No. Like I will say this though. That's one thing that I think we we missed out a little bit too. I read a, I read a tweet actually earlier this week. I think it was from Pro, Pro Football Focus Detroit yeah. Lions, like their specific one, where they said that they were the, they they blitzed the least amount, right? But yes. when they did blitz, they had a fifty one percent success rate on their yeah. blitzing. So which is crazy, right? Because you don't think about it in that regard because they did it so little. You're like, so when they did do it. It was somewhat. Yeah. It worked. You know what I mean. I think that that's what the problem with a lot of fans have is they're like, it works. Like mm-hmm. you see it against like Arizona when they were right. blitzing. Yeah, when they was, were sending the house, when they were forcing people. Right. Yeah, it was working. Mm-hmm. Chargers, it was working. Mm-hmm. You know, Chiefs, it was working. Yeah. And then like halfway through the season, they were like, we're gonna stop blitzing completely, mm-hmm. and that's when you're getting shredded all mm-hmm. over the place. Yep. So Absolutely. I think that's where fans are like annoyed because I'm like, right. you, when you see something working, mm-hmm. but then you go against that to try to do something else and yep. it starts not to work, you're absolutely. like, why are you not doing the thing that yep. works absolutely. 51% of the time? No doubt. No doubt about it whatsoever. Yeah, so I like I said, defensively, um, I think they're going to be better. I don't think, I mean, they couldn't be much worse, quite frankly, so I don't think that's a bold statement to say by any means of the imagination. But if, if this defense can be 20th in the league, mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a drastic sense of improvement where everyone's going to go, oh, man, we... We can get a three and out every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's really that's really where it is. Um, all right, let's shift focus now from the team to the actual schedule. Um, you know the Lions schedule drop. What was it? Thursday? Thursday. Was it, was it Thursday? Eight yeah. o'clock. And you know it's it, it's it's a doozy. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. It's um, it hit hard. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. The the first four and the last four are are definitely where your season's gonna be made or broken. Um, any any off the top uh, kind of like observations you had, Mike, from the schedule as a whole before we actually go game by game and just kind of tell everyone what's going on? Um, I mean, I think I think it could have been worse. It's kind of oh, it definitely like, could have been worse. Yeah. yeah, it definitely could have been um, worse. That's usually how I look at it. Was yeah. I think I think you're in this very similar situation as you were last year, mm-hmm. where I think your first four are tough. But I think if you can get through that, I think you have a really good chance of setting yourself up. Really kind of well. like that you said. Really well, yeah, for sure. I think yeah. it really sets it up. Um, I do like playing the Texans on Thanksgiving. I think yeah, be a finally game. somebody somebody new. It's been like Chicago or Minnesota for like the past like six years. Yeah, it's been ridiculous. Um, yeah, I like playing the Texans because I think the Texans you can look at as one of the teams that I think are 
a winnable game. Like I oh, think yeah. so, I think when we go through the schedule, there's like three or four teams that you're like, yeah, they probably won't win that game. Mm-hmm. So it's good that on Thanksgiving you have a game that's like at least you have a 50-50 shot. Right, like, for sure. Like I said, so we're not going to go win by win here. Uh, I'm going to give you guys the rundown just of the schedule if you haven't seen it yet. Um, real fast, but I'm not. We're not gonna go win by win. Like I said, we wanna. We're gonna make that a whole another thing. So uh, obviously, they're opening up home against Chicago, big game. Uh, you're at Green Bay, at Arizona, home against New Orleans. Then you're at a bye, so they have an early bye week again, which kind of sucks. Um, then you're at Jacksonville, at Atlanta, home against the Colts, at Minnesota, home against Washington, at Carolina, home against the Texans for Thanksgiving, at Chicago, home against Green Bay, at Tennessee home against Tampa, and to end the season for the division, home against <laughs> home against Minnesota. Uh, I can dream, right? Um, but, you know, just observations for me. The first four, right, if they can somehow escape, best case scenario, three and one, more than likely, if they can go two and two in those first four games, especially with the first game being against Chicago at home, home opener, I think that place, if there's allowed to be fans, I think the place is going to be crazy, um, especially because Chicago is a division rival. Um, if they can go two and two going into the bye, I think the at Jacksonville, at Atlanta, Colts, Washington, those game, even if, say we lose the Minnesota game at Minnesota, that little stretch there is really where if you can go three and one, mm-hmm. and that stretch, and then kind of finish it out and just being, just you know beat the teams you're supposed to, right? Like I think you can beat Green Bay at home. I think that you can beat the Texans. I think Carolina is a winnable football game, right? Certain some of these games, I think you can really kind of start to get ahead mm-hmm. because that lat, that back four, you know, you know, even against home game, but you know, at Tennessee, that's going to be tough. But Tampa and then Minnesota, those three games alone are like those are tough games to end the season with. You know what I mean? So if you can have a little bit of a buffer ahead of time, I think they'll be in good yeah. shape. I find it interesting because usually the schedule makers for the NFL, not doing a conspiracy theory about the season or anything, yeah, for but sure. usually they usually put the two teams that they think are going to be the competitive teams mm-hmm. at the end. Like when you look at the West and the NFC West, it's Seattle Niners again because it's probably going to be Seattle Niners mm-hmm. playing for a division game. Mm-hmm. Or you get Baltimore Steelers, I think it's Week 17, because right. those two teams are probably... And usually the two teams are... The so top, I right. find it interesting that they have Vikings-Lions because I feel like the Vikings... Are definitely the favorites going into the season. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that means that they're predicting maybe the Lions are probably right. the second. Right. And if not, because I'm shocked that it's not the Packers Vikings, Vikings. week 17. Right. Well, Unless it just didn't match up that way. Well, because I guess they probably were like, well, they're going to start with Chicago and end with Chicago. Like they're going to bookend it. That'd be kind of yeah, crazy, that, right? Yeah, but that let's talk about this too, real quick. Just let's just set, before we go to break here, Mike, let's set some season expectations real fast. Okay. Um, not wins, loss, record, or anything like that. Because, like I said, I want to save that for another episode when, when Kyle's here. Yeah. Um, but this is a 3-12-1 football team, though, right? And I think I've come out on this show before, but I haven't, right? The Lions offense, you know, for breaking this down, what happened last year, averaged 8 point, I think like 8.4 points a game less when Stafford was off the field compared to when he was on, right? If we break that down, do all the numbers calculations, right? They're about a 500 football team if the scores stay the same in every single game, except for we have eight points more, right? With Stafford playing in, instead of Blau or Driscoll or whoever, right? So in my mind, right, I think they're closer to a 500 football team than I think a lot of people mm-hmm. think that they are, right? Can we both agree on that? Um a little yes. bit, a little yeah, bit. No, yeah. yeah. Oh, if, I know you were. No, I no, no. insinuating. Yeah. No, no. Like, if, like if, if, yeah. like if we're saying it right, I think they're closer to a 500 football team than they are a two-win football team. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Um. 
So with that being said, and with way this you know way this team is being brought up, obviously this is a must-win year, right? The the yeah. mandate has been said. They had their players in place. All the locker room guys they don't like, they're gone. They're shipped out elsewhere. You've got your scheme players. You've got everybody that you could possibly want. Your quarterback's going to be healthy. This is your team at this point. Yeah. So. You know, what are your expectations now that you've seen the schedule, how it's going to break down, looking at other teams on paper, you, what, what is your expectation? Like, is it – I've seen some people go crazy. Like, my dad was messing with me when I told him the schedule. He's like, oh, we're going 13-3. No problem. Like, he's drinking the Kool-Aid 100% yeah, all day. Sure. He's got an IV drip with it the entire way. You know what I mean? <laughs> Obviously, I don't think that's it. But I also don't think that – Three and thirteen is is like the is the number either. Where where are your thoughts as far as where you expect this season to go? Like, are they a playoff contender? Are they in the playoffs now with the seven team schedule? I mean, the NFC is so deep right yeah. now with so many good teams at the very top of this of the conference. Where you see this Detroit Lions team at, at least initially? Like, say this is the finished product. Yeah, I think um, you're looking about a. Uh... Eight to nine win football team yeah. with a seven seed horizon. You're trying to fight for, yeah. Because I think, and it's not really anything to the detriment of the Lions. I don't no. think. I think it's just when you go through a little bit, you go like Bucks and Saints are definitely going to be ten plus Bucks, win teams. Saints. You got Dallas and, and Philly. You and got Forty Nine ers in Seattle. They're that's your, six. That's six, six without even having an NFC North team. Yeah, right there. And then you've got Minnesota, Green Bay, and let's just. Throw us in there yeah. for a minute. That's three. Hell, and I even, even throw, Chicago. I, I was gonna say I even throw the Cardinals in there. Yeah, they're gonna be fighting for that yes, spot. So absolutely. I think when you have when you name nine or ten teams and only seven can make it in. Yeah. At that point, I'm like, I think you could be fighting for contention of a seven seed. Mm-hmm. Will you get it? I think that's gonna be tough. That's to tough. And I think and I think some of these games, right, like a like a um um at Carolina or home against I think those kind of games right where like those are the super like there I look at certain games on this schedule and I go they should absolutely win these football games right like at Jacksonville they should obviously beat Jacksonville right at Atlanta I quite frankly think they're a better team than Atlanta right uh, but there's other games like at Minnesota that I'm checking that off as a loss pretty much immediately right um against um at Tennessee I don't necessarily like that matchup okay. you know what I mean um What's the uh, uh, against New Orleans? That's going to be a tough day at the yeah. office, right? Even maybe even at Arizona, that's a tweener. But some of these games in Arizona, um, you know, home against Green Bay, these games were the, those are games where like it, those need to swing your way. You know, I if the Lions have the same success that the Packers did last year in close game situations, I think you're looking at a nine to ten win football team. Yeah, you know what I mean. I really do. That's that's kind of how I'm looking at this. How this way this roster is made. What they want to do. Um, you know, you're banking on health, obviously, right? You can't go in assuming. Well, Stafford's going to go down week four, and then we're just going to say screw it. And, yeah. You know what I mean. That that can't happen. But if everything kind of you know, if if this is supposed to be the year where everything's kind of supposed to gel together. This is the time to do it. So it's going to be really interesting for sure. Like I said, once Kyle gets back on the show, once we kind of break this whole quarantine thing, hopefully we'll be able to go through every single game in the NFL schedule. All it's going to be it's all 256. It sounds boring, but trust me, it'll be it's a lot more interesting, you know, once you see the final product, yeah. I think, you know, than when you actually do it. But all right, after the break, we're going to talk more NFL schedule. We're going to talk about some of the games outside of Detroit that we're looking forward to. Then we're going to talk some UFC slash no fans versus fans. What what do you like more? And then obviously we're going to talk some Chris Jericho talks and bragging going on there on the Twitterverse. All that after the break.
Stick around. Hey guys, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Deck, and I know what you're doing right now. You're sitting at your computer, you're probably on Amazon, you're probably looking to buy stuff to fill the void that the coronavirus has left you. You're not able to go out, you're not able to go shopping, you're not able to go to parks, you're not able to go, I, I mean, I guess now you can go play golf, but who the heck wants to go play golf? You know, you're not able to go hang out with your friends, you can't go to the movies. Mike has been sitting, staring at a wall because he can't go to the movies. I mean, he misses it that much, but you know what you could be doing? While you're going online, while you're shopping, while you're on Amazon, you've got buying fertilizer for your lawn or you're you're buying that new tea set because for whatever reason you're getting into hot tea all of a sudden because you're bored why not go over to belowthecollar.com forward slash i'm always right pc and go ahead and go and buy the official i'm always right sports podcast t-shirt right it's it's if it's your favorite podcast which i know it is if you're listening to it right now i know it's your favorite show you might as well go in support the show go buy the shirt all proceeds from those shirts go straight back into the show me and mike we don't get paid for this kyle doesn't get paid for this emily doesn't get paid for this i wish we did folks i really do but we're not that's not why we're in this business we're here to provide you guys with the best quality podcast we possibly can and to do that we need your support so go ahead go to belowthecollar.com look for the i'm always right sports podcast shirt store and buy the official logo tee of the i'm always right sports podcast once again we extremely appreciate all of your support uh for the show keep listening keep subscribing we are always live every single monday for your entertainment and your entertainment only we appreciate you we love every single one of you stay safe out there and now here's part two of this week's episode and welcome back to part two of this week's episode of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. Mike, let's just jump right in. Okay. You know, we were talking off air, and we were talking about what we are going to talk about this week. And, you know, you, you brought up, you know, the NFL schedule. And, you know, I, I was already thinking talking about the Lions schedule. You're like, well, why don't we talk about other games, too, that we're looking forward to? And I go, there are other games. Because I am so heavily focused on what the Lions do. I could give two craps 95% of the time until we hit, like, playoff time. Yeah. Like, what games are going on? Like, I have found that I watch more NFL football during the day if the Lions win compared like, if the Lions lose, I turn it off and I go do something else because I'm so pissed off the whole rest of the day. But Lions win, I'm like, yeah, sure, let's watch that Cowboys game. Sure. I'm just so happy that they won. I'm not mad today. So it, it, I figured that while we have the opportunity and everybody's, you know, filled with hope and sunshine and rainbows about their upcoming seasons, except for Jacksonville because they're going to be terrible. Um, Let's might as well talk about some of these other big games that are happening. And I, I asked you, I said, what other games are there? Like, how do you know? And, you're, and you just listed, like, eight of them. Like, <laughs> off the top of your head. That's been released for 48 hours, and you already know what half the teams are doing. You're, I'm like, sure, let's go, right? So sure. I don't know half of these games, right, what's coming. So, Mike, give me Let some me of the games you. maybe that you're looking forward to that, uh, that fans – Across not only the state of Michigan, but maybe just you know anybody yeah. who listens to us, uh, we have fans literally across the world. So, yeah. you know who you know uh, what games should they be looking out for if they're just big football fans in general yeah. that maybe yeah. don't suffer from the plight of being a Lions fan like we That's do. That's facts. Um, first game, week three, week you three. got Chiefs at Baltimore Monday Ooh. Night Football. Monday night, probably the first real big time game of the year. Thoughts on that kind of a game? Um, that's a big one. I think it's a bigger game, though, for the Saints than it is Baltimore. Like, if Baltimore wins, everyone goes, okay. But if, if the Saints win, I feel like that's a game where they go, 
Oh, okay. The Saints are, are kind of grabbing a reputation now of being like, oh, you're a really great regular season team, and mm-hmm. then the playoffs come and you choke it away, right? That's happened several years now in a row. I think that the Saints really need to stack up some quality wins for people. Real, I mean, I think they look. you look at that roster and you go, okay, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, just that alone, you go, okay, cool. Yeah. But then... What what is the next step? What what gets them over? Drew Brees is not going to continuously get better. Mm-hmm. He's he's forty something. It's not going to happen. Um, so it'll be a big game. I think. I think Baltimore will be the favorite. But yeah, um, we and then we head right to the next week, week Ooh. four. You get Eagles at 49ers Sunday night football. Ooh. Thoughts? Big game for the Eagles. That's a mm-hmm. big. That's a game that Carson Wentz goes and circles on his calendar and goes. That's my day, right? Like that's a day for me to go shine and go crazy and and put up big numbers um, uh, against a good Niner defense, right? Um, it'll be interesting. I'm very very interested to see what the 49ers look like this yep. year because the Super Bowl hangover, um, the fact that you know I don't think that's I mean Kinlaw for for Buckner or whoever they got rid of uh, to the Colts. You know, I don't necessarily know if that's like you got to wait to see what Kinlaw is. Yeah. But from on paper, you go, man, that's a pretty good, still a pretty good team. They got rid of a couple running backs, but like, what are they going to look like? Is it going to be different? Is it just going to be paint by number all over again? And will teams be able to stop it? Because clearly they couldn't last year. So yeah. what what are we going to see out of a good Niners team? Yeah. Big storyline game week yeah. seven. You get 49ers at New England. Uh, 425 game. Big game because Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy goes obviously back. goes back to New England. How crazy of a day would that be if Jared Stidham beats him? Beats him out. Because then it's like, then Belichick just goes and yeah. smirks and he goes, hey, I told you. <laughs> I think that's why it's a big game. I'm not saying it's a big game for the game itself. Yeah, right. Storyline. It's No idea fun. what New England's going to look um, like at that so point. So you go to the next week, week eight, you have a big back-to-back game. So you start with the 49ers Seahawks yeah. part one. And then you get Cowboys Eagles for Sunday Night Football, so you yeah. get kind of a doubleheader in games. That's there. a big game for the uh, Seattle Niners. I I think depending on who's the home team, I think they probably just split. Quite yeah. frankly, um, but the the Cowboys one though, that's the one that if you're a Cowboys fan, you're like, man, at some point this has got to come together, right? Mm-hmm. We're assuming Dak Prescott your quarterback. If not, don't worry, you got the Red Rocket thrown for you. Um, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> but at, you know, at the same time. You know, I, I really do think that it's the Eagles' division to lose. I know a lot of people like what the Cowboys did in the draft, and I'm one of them. I think, you know, CeeDee Lamb falling to them. They went, oh, I guess we'll just take another weapon and, and, and roll with it. Yeah. But I do think that, quite frankly, I think that the quarterback play, it's not even close. Um, I do think that the running game can be comparable at times. Mm-hmm. And I think that weapon for weapon, I think that if healthy, Philadelphia matches up pretty well. You know, and I don't think that the secondary mm-hmm. of – Either team is necessarily strong. I think Philly got better by adding Slay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think the Cowboys really... I, 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 the Cowboys defense, it has a lot of quote-unquote big names on it, but it hasn't come together yet. I, I was a big proponent of this defense last year where I went, you look at it and you go, wow, mm-hmm. on every level you look good, but there's no Byron Jones anymore. You didn't add a guy to like make it better. <laughs> you know what I mean? They didn't trade for Slay. You know your linebacking core, Sean Lee. How long is he going to be there? Jalen Smith, you're going to ha- is is there? Defensive line, Demarcus Lawrence, and then a whole bunch of nothing. It, it, it's going to be it's going to be tough. I think for Dallas. I think Dallas fans think have a renewed hope because Jason Garrett's not there. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know if Jason Garrett being there and Mike McCarthy being the replacement necessarily helps that. I think you've got two very antiquated offenses just being replaced by one another. Sure. 
Uh, Thursday Night Football Week 9, Packers at 49ers. Man, you got a lot of Niners games that you're really looking forward to this year, huh? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even a Niner fan. That's funny. Um, yeah, I think the Niners just blow that out. I, yeah. I think on paper that looks great because it's like, oh, they're going to come back, blah, blah, blah. And then Aaron Rodgers is going to get sacked four times and everyone just goes, oh, all right, they're still not ready yeah. to go. Uh, week 12, maybe the last time you'll see these two quarterbacks duke it out unless they make the Super Bowl, Chiefs at Buccaneers. Oh, boy, yeah. A new, a new Tom Brady. Brady, a new Tom Brady team. Gronk is back. Um, it is going to be very weird to see Tampa be like, oh wow, Tampa's just going ahead and buzzsawing teams. You know what I mean? So it's gonna let's let's hope they stay healthy. I actually want to see this team fully healthy and just let's just see yeah. what their potential is. Um I'm interested to see what Brady looks like, quite frankly. We talked about this a little bit off air where it's like, is Brady gonna be like Favre was at the end, where like that last year in Minnesota he had where it was like he was like balls to the wall, or is it gonna slowly but surely start to fade away like Peyton did the last couple years where mm-hmm. a limp noodle throwing back there? It will I God, I'm interested. That's all I'm gonna say about that. I guess we'll um, see after the first yeah. four weeks. It's gonna it's either gonna be wow, he's got 28 touchdown passes already, or okay, they really need to yeah. shorten up the offense. Uh, week 14, Saints at Eagles. It's a big game. Like that's a that's a that's season. a potential NFC Championship type mm-hmm. of matchup right there. Once again, though, if I'm a Saints fan. As much success as you're having in the regular season, you're getting to the point where it's like, are we ever going to get back there? You yeah. know what I mean? It's it's very similar to the Green Bay thing, where you just like I felt like for a while there, Green Bay was always winning the North, but they never got out of the first round. Yeah. It was just kind of like, all right, you know, they're there and they're good because Aaron Rodgers is carrying them, but now what? You know what I mean? And I feel like that's kind of what's happening a little bit with the Saints now, where it's like Drew Brees is like, hey, anybody else? Anybody else want to make a play? No, cool, thanks. You know. Yep, and those are my eight games. Eight games. I'm excited I, for. I, <laughs> is there is there a team last year, real quick before we move on, that you think that last year was like they just everything kind of clicked that this year you're going to be like don't be surprised to see this team kind of fall off a bit. You, uh, I'm a big fan of the want... phrase regression to the mean. Um, is there a team for you that was like okay, and now this year that everyone still expects big things from? But maybe they, looking at what they've done off season wise and where their roster is, that maybe they don't have as much as people think that they do. Um, if I had to find one team, I'd actually probably say the Niners. Okay. I think we'll regress back. I think when you lose a Super Bowl, usually the next year you don't have nearly as good of a year. Mm-hmm. I would say the Chiefs. But I think the Chiefs have a pretty easy schedule in the beginning outside of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And they won the Super Bowl, so they have the confidence going into next year. Yeah. I think 49ers had the 10-point had the lead, lose it. And you saw with Carolina and Atlanta where the next years are just kind of not really struggle. there. And especially with the rising. Oh, the Rams the, even. Yeah, and the Rams yeah. you can even say too. Yeah. Uh, and with the rise of like the Cardinals and the Seahawks are still there, I think that they're gonna have a tough time. Yeah, getting, getting back. Through, yeah, and yeah, getting back to for sure. Absolutely, spot. that's a, that's a great team. Is it your team in the AFC? Maybe I mean take New England out of it because they lost. Yeah, that. New England lost a lot. Um, I would say regress back to the mean. I guess the Ravens for me. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just so good were, running. The I I don't think anyone can Crazy. be that good two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um. Just run, pure running the ball. If mm-hmm. Lamar can learn to throw better, I would say I don't know. There's a team that regresses that far back to mm-hmm. just an average team, mm-hmm. but I think um, just being able to run the ball, I'm like 
as long as you learn how you like teams have over a year now especially with this quarantine oh, yeah. like they're just sitting at home so <laughs> i bet you the steelers are just sitting there going okay yeah every single day how do we stop this dude like right. what are the ways right. we, we guys doing? around it yeah, so for sure I, i'm sure people will find out how to stop the run yeah so i'm gonna say ravens right okay yeah for sure i think those two teams are like they kind of came out of nowhere a little bit you know yeah. it was like oh Okay, Lamar's yeah. gonna take this league over, and then at the same time, the Niners should go. Yeah, we're just gonna bully everybody and just beat you down with defense and run the ball fifty-five times a game. Mm-hmm. And he was. It's very interesting to see that those two teams were. It's it is a passing league, right? So at some point, you're gonna have to throw yeah. the football, you know. And so with two quarterbacks, Garoppolo and and Lamar, for different reasons, have you both? I don't think a lot of people are like. Yeah, like he's a he if with game on the line, one throw, he's my guy. I want to yeah. make that throw yet, you know. So it's going to be very interesting for sure. Okay, uh, let's talk now a little bit of the, U- the UFC. Just had a new event, uh, two forty nine, right? Two forty nine. Two forty nine, right? Um, big success by all accounts. No fans though in attendance, right? Uh, following the WWE, the 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 wrestling trend. Um, First off, how did you think the show went? You actually watched the show, so I, yes. I did not. But how do you think the show went, especially with no fans? Did it affect your viewing experience at all? Um, I didn't think so. I think I've always thought that UFC was the one event where if you don't have fans, I don't think it impacts a ton. Like mm-hmm. I, I do think having the live crowd there, having a live crowd anywhere, it makes helps. it look better yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, but I think because what UFC did was kind of what the WWE is kind of doing, where they kind of, or at least NXT does, where they darken mm-hmm. the seats and they kind of they have it's you like can, a spotlight. It's yeah, like so, so you just have the right sole on the ring. spotlight on the ring. going around, and yeah. then when they're fighting, you hear their corners yelling yeah. more. Like you hear everything. Right. Like oh, they're, yeah, like, for sure. they're like, hit the one, two, yeah, slide more to the right or whatever. Right, right. So in right. that atmosphere, you're like, I actually kind of like that because I'm like, I get to hear what they're what saying the game on plan each side. Is. Yeah, for and sure. then like, it still feels like there are people there like cheering them on because their own corners are cheering them on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was very good. And the fights were actually quite Good, I yeah. would say. Yeah, for sure. For yeah, I, 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 I've read nothing one. but pretty pretty positive reviews yeah. all the way through. Do you think that, you know, I think for all the crap that wrestling is getting for doing this whole no crowd thing, right, it has been, they've been going yeah. strong, right? You know, say what you want about the product for a second, but they, they've been consistently putting on, pro, you know, out uh-huh. there new new stuff, right? Um, now with the USC doing it was, was a pretty high level of success. Um, do you anticipate, you know, is this kind of like a a foundation for what maybe say the NBA or Major League Baseball is going to do? Um, or do you think that the NBA is like, they're trying to drag out coming back as long as possible so that they can maybe have fans back in attendance? Even though I don't think a ton of fans will go, just having the option to go, mm-hmm. because I think basketball, compared to every other sport outside of maybe football, is the one sport where it's like, it really is, you know, let's take wrestling out of it for a second, because no matter what the crowd does, they already have the yeah. decision. But like, Basketball and, and football, I think, are the two where it's like, man, that crowd gets going, mm-hmm. and there's there's a definite feel, there's a vibe going yeah. that the momentum is real. Where I don't think like baseball, it's quiet, eighty five, ninety percent of the time. But yeah. your thoughts on maybe the the NBA's roadmap to getting back to playing again? I mean, I don't think they need fans. I yeah. think I think the fans help, but for the planning that they want to do, a lot of squeaking. Yeah, a lot of squeaking. Yeah, a lot of squeaking. <laughs> I like the squeak though. It's fundamental basketball. Rob. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't think um, I don't think they need it at, really at all because yeah. I just I just look at it, I'm like 
Especially the plan that they don't want to, like, have home games. Mm-hmm. They want to just go to a neutral site and play. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't think you need fans at a neutral site, yeah. really. I think if yeah. you were, if you would have It's not March games, Madness. Yeah, but... it's not like, yeah. I, if you had, like, the Lakers home game, obviously that's going to impact because right. you're f- traveling to L.A., but with no crowd, it's basically just an empty arena game. Mm-hmm. But if everyone goes to the same place, it's all of an even playing field. Mm-hmm. And I actually like a more even playing field, more than home court advantages to right. a certain extent. Yeah, for sure, for so. sure, yeah. Do you think that, you know, we've heard, like, guys like LeBron. I always bring up LeBron because he's the biggest star in the, in the game. You know, where he's like, I'm not playing if there's no fans. Do you think he honestly would not play if there's no fans? No, I think he would play yeah, if, there, if think, there were no fans. Yeah. Like, I think if they were like, listen, we're going to start the playoffs today, t- today yeah. <laughs> tomorrow, or next week, or yeah. whatever, I think LeBron's getting ready and he's going to go play. Um, yeah. Regardless of fans or not, mm. I don't. It'd think be that's... interesting. He's like, yeah, I'm not. I'm, yeah. Well, <laughs> can you he, imagine? No, like he just like he's like, nah. I'm yeah, here's good. the thing: I'm if out. LeBron doesn't play, there's gonna be no playoffs. Yeah, because they're not gonna do a whole playoffs without LeBron being in there. Well, the Clippers are like, we'll we'll take the ring. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take. We'll very, take, we'll very yeah, gladly yeah, yeah. take the championship. Uh, we're the Clippers, so we'll take anything we can grab. Yeah. Um, for sure, though, you know, we've heard some news that, you know, they're targeting June to kind of, like, where they're going to start those discussions of how they're going to kind of get back to playing a little bit, right? You were obviously seeing around the world here in the state of Michigan, stuff starting to get loosened up a little bit. And I think at some point it's just going to go, all right, screw it, open the door, and it's going to be a floodgate, right? I just think that's kind of what's going to wind up happening, especially as the weather, hopefully, we say that it was snowing yesterday, but as it kind of starts to turn, you're right, get better weather outside, I think we're going to see that, and I think that's where sports are going to come in. But um, if there is a sport you had to pick, is basketball for you the one sport where you go, that is the one where the crowd would would play the most as far as an outcome of a game necessarily? you know, like, Or do you think, is it football, where like football would hurt the most, or... Base whatever sport is it hockey even you know because um it's tough I think football does it the whole case of the game mm-hmm. but I think basketball in the moments that the crowd is important mm-hmm. I think it's more impactful in yeah. general because like if you're if you go playing like a Seattle or a Kansas City it's loud. and like you can't hear yeah and like even Michigan yeah. when they played one of their bowl games a couple years ago we're right. talking about like. When you go play in, like, a Penn State, like, they practice with, like, kids, like, banging stuff in their Mm -hmm. ears Mm -hmm. and having to do audibles because you just can't hear anything. Mm -hmm. Where I think in the NBA, the transitions from, like, okay, like, the Warriors, I think the Warriors hit it perfectly, too, where you hit, like, three three three-pointers in a row and the place erupts. There's, like, no way you're coming back. No. No, from it's, that you just all. you just like, feel you're just, it. You're just you're, like well, because it's like it's just piling on, yeah. right? Yeah, I think those small moments that pile on mm-hmm. just really kill everything from a team. Right. But I think in football, the whole game is kind of like that. Yeah, for like, sure. Like I don't think there's for really sure. breaks right. where the crowd's not active. Yeah, yeah. helping. Do you think that what what do you think what sport whether it's w, whether it's wrestling, uh, football, basketball is the one that needs the crowd the most to make it entertaining to watch? For okay. you as a viewer, not like the performers, whatever, right? But like, yeah. or the athletes, it's just, what, what do you think that is there a certain, you know, league or whatever where you're like, yeah, we definitely need crowds for this to like, I would say, 100% more well, crowded. there's one thing. I think the commentary matters yes. a lot because yes. I think if you, I think fans can overtake bad commentary. Yes. But if you have great commentary, I don't need fans. Okay. So, like for basketball, right? I like Van Gundy. 
when he commentates oh, the NBA oh, Finals. Oh my gosh, he's fantastic. Like if he's if he's yes. commentating all these games, yes. I don't need a crowd. Right. Because I'm right. like I'm invested. Or like in Joe Clatt covering a college football yeah, game. Exactly. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. Like I don't need a crowd if I have Joel Clatt and Gus yeah. Johnson calling a football game. Right. I, I don't need a crowd because they're already now good Joe enough. Buck and Troy Aikman are calling a game. I'm gonna need something exactly. else. Exactly. So I think it ear. depends <laughs> on who you, like who you're gonna give me. Yeah. Because I think I think wrestling in a whole just needs the crowd more. Yeah. Um, just because you, because you, t- the crowd goes on the story and the ride with, yeah, the, with the with match. everybody, right? And the announcer, some announcer. I don't even think like you can name the best announcer you can think of. I don't right. think that announcer can help. No, they they crowd. take the crowd into effect and they play up to that moment. Yeah. Like the crowd is reacting, and then the announcers just then play react. up that moment as well at the same yeah. time. Where I sure. think if you give me like you said, Joel Clatt and Gus Johnson, I'm like I can watch any sporting event ever, right? And I'm perfectly fine to say there with no crowd there mm-hmm. because they'll just yeah. I, would, I honestly, I would tend to agree with you on that. I think the announcing is definitely. I think quite just a side note. I think WWE's announcing's actually been pretty good lately. Yeah, I think, no, I think, I think they've done a fine. really nice I think that's job what's helping, of trying like, to. I think this last dynamite, yeah, with like Jim Ross coming back, mm-hmm. just made the whole show feel better. Yes, because I'm like, yeah, because now, yeah, great. it's not Jericho, you know, kind of off the cuff in it with with Shivani. Like you just kind of felt like, okay, we're okay now. Jim Ross is back. Like you kind of, yeah. are, we feel like we're kind of like struggling to get back. To where we were just a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely going to make you like, be like, oh man, fans are back. Like everything's yeah. back to normal. You're really going to appreciate it, I think, yeah. for a little while. And then you're going to get used to it, and then it's going to be gone again, and it's all over again. But, um, all right, let's talk wrestling here for a second here to end the show. Chris Jericho coming out with a big tweet saying that, you know, no, you know, nothing about it, no shots taken, but I definitely think that I am the best wrestler in the world right best sports actor, whatever i don't know the exact i think yeah. he said wrestler, or sports wrestler yeah wrestler in the world not trying to my own horn kind of thing but he's like i just think that what i'm doing is the best so my question for you <laughs> mr merc zone is is he accurate um i think he's accurate but i don't think well i guess i i guess i would say he's not accurate then. <laughs> but i think he's like up there but i don't know if i would say he's the best mm. um I think he is the best in certain aspects. Um, I think, like, talking, I'm like, I can listen to him talk, I do a promo, like yeah. a 20-minute promo any yeah. day of the week, and I'm like, yeah, it'll be fine, it'll be awesome, or yeah. whatever. But I think as a wrestler, with all the parts integrated, I don't think he's no. the best currently. Yeah. You can make the argument, like, all time, like, his entire career and everything. Right. Sure. Yeah, for, yeah. Sure, that's fine. Yeah. But, like, at this very moment, I'm yeah. like, I don't think he is the best right, right now. You think he's the most entertaining? Uh, let's take let's take the let's take the just straight you know like take that let's change it just a little bit like most entertaining all all packages all packages like his matches his promos his the shtick the the whole nine yards right like everything that he does when Jericho does it like are you like yep that's I'm not going to get better than that this complete package like I would I think I'm I'm gonna agree with you I would argue I would rather watch a Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins on Money in the Bank in a true 25 minute match. Yeah. Than a Chris Jericho John Moxley match. No, yeah. f- like I just would. Like yeah, it's from I a. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, Jericho's almost fifty, so like let's let's put that asterisk too in there too. But like from just a pure match perspective, I'm guessing Seth versus Drew will be better. But do, will they draw me into that story enough to make me want to watch it more than a Jericho Moxley match? I don't know, and yeah. that's the, that's the difference, right? So the whole package, the champion, the, everything he touches seems like right now Jericho touches it turns to gold. Yeah. So see. 
I guess I think it's all on personal preference mm-hmm. because I just don't prefer. I prefer like Cody's matches more. Oh yeah, maybe, absolutely. Yeah, but for like sure. Cody's yeah. matches, as in like storytelling. Yeah. His okay. only weakness, I think, I think Jericho beats him so hard on the promos and the oh, work. Oh yeah. But like no one's his like his right storytelling now. in the ring and just like his facial expressions that he can bring and his match quality, mm-hmm. I think Cody's better than Jericho right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah. yeah, at least Cody. If yeah, not, like okay. I, pre- I yeah, prefer sure. like I even honestly I prefer like an Adam Cole because oh, yeah. I think Adam Cole brings the mic work and he brings the in ring work. Oh yeah, over Jericho right now. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> saying I'm not saying Cole's you're, like the, you're speaking my language, buddy. I'm, I'm not, not saying Cole's <laughs> like the best wrestler in the world. Right, by any means. But I think if I if I'm like who would I who would I want Cole in a feud against anybody or Jericho in a feud against anybody? I'd probably take Cole right now. Yeah, and that means I would think he's better. So. Yeah, I, I will say just as a side note, I thought the dream match didn't deliver as well as it should have i don't think they gave him enough time quite frankly like oh, did yeah. you watch nxt this week a little bit, yeah. yeah i didn't that main event like like they did like a small match like right before it like yeah. a 10 second thing and i was like what is happening and it only had like like 12 minutes i'm like 12 minutes for an nxt time match I'm like you guys are you're killing me here like even if i already knew what was going to happen like come on you're hurting me but i agree with you though to to you know i think that i think jericho right now is on fire, right, in, in a lot of respects, right? Like, everything he does is just really hitting on all cylinders, right? Whether it's a um, whether it's a promo, whether it's a new saying, it's a new catchphrase, it's a whatever, yeah. right? I think AEW, though, is doing a really nice job of really, like, emphasizing that. Like, he puts a cone on his head uh, during a match, and now all of a sudden he's got a T-shirt yeah. with the cone on his head. You know what I mean? And I think they're, they're taking what Jericho did organically in WCW and putting money behind it. And it just extrapolating that. It goes, okay, Jericho says he's Paragon of Virtue. Okay, now there's a shirt that says he's Paragon of Virtue. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I take an old WCW phrase that he used to use and, and, you know, he could say it now and people go, oh my gosh, that was the greatest thing ever. I think he's getting a little bit of the rub from AEW still being a, I would say, a better product than NXT is week to week. You know, I think there are certain shows that NXT is definitely better. I thought last week's show, from a card perspective, NXT had a better card than AEW did. Now, execution-wise, maybe not so much, but like, from a card, yeah. I you know, like main event wise, do I want to watch a tag match that has no implications, or do I want to watch the NXT title match? I'm going to watch the NXT title match. That's hence why I watched NXT Live yeah. because because of that, right? But then you look at the at the execution, you go, okay, yeah. you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, it's just something interesting to talk about. Um, and name name right now, who's your best wrestler in the world? Oh. You still gonna go Osprey? Yeah. You still? You still yeah. gonna go Osprey? I had a feeling. I figured I'd just yeah. pass though, real fast, just yeah. like right now. I think just like I know. If Obviously, you're, he hasn't, you, he hasn't you, wrestled are, in two months, but yeah. yeah. Are you adding like like um, mic work and everything into? Yeah, that? like who's your like who do you think is like who uh, do you think right now is just killing it like on all like I, I, when you say wrestler, you can say okay in ring t- like if I just said in ring guy, yeah, in ring guy Osprey, Osprey, right? Like but away. It, it, is he just like your overall like no matter what he's doing, you're gonna like like these your guy? I, I guess, yeah, I guess yeah, who's your favies? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he'd be my guy if he's in a match against almost anybody. I'll yeah. watch, right. but I think honestly, I I prefer like a Cody mm-hmm. or like even like Champa. I like everything he does mm-hmm. in the last like two months. Yeah, I've been super invested in with like 
um, the Cole feud and then Gargano, and now yeah. he's probably going to first cross and whatever. Oh, man. Like, That's gonna all be that nice. stuff. Money. All that stuff has just been money, so money, money. Yeah. And I think he's great in the Mike and in ring, so. Killian Cross. Killian Cross is going to be a massive star. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. You heard it here first if you haven't heard it yet. He's going to be. But, yeah, right. Like, for me, like, I'm still hard on the Cole train. Like, 100% yeah. of the way. I like, like, like well. I think, I mean, like, his, his, his NXT title run has been good. I've, been, I've enjoyed it. You know, I think the this pandemic has hurt it a little bit. Just no, I say because ever since the pandemic started, I'm like, yeah. I think it's gotten a little bland. Yeah. I, just, I don't think they have anything, you know, because yeah. there's no takeover. So they're not building yeah. to anything right now. They're just kind of swimming a little yeah, bit that's, right now. That's why. You know, so it's tough. But other than that, though, I he's definitely been on my top. On my, I think Drew has been doing a really nice job, too, yeah. since becoming champion. Hopefully that match with Seth doesn't just – they. I hope they just give him – 20 minutes, yeah. 25 minutes, and just let them go. But, all right, that's going to be it for this week's show. Next week, obviously, we're going to talk the fallout from Money in the Bank. Uh, that show is going to be tonight. We may talk a little more Last Dance, possibly, because that documentary series is kind of finishing up, wrapping up here, just to kind of get some overall thoughts on that, along with some other stuff, obviously, as every week goes. New sports topics come out, and we'll be the first ones to talk about them. So, on behalf of the Whaleman, the Merc Zone, I'm the Mouth of Michigan, and we will see you guys, as always, next time.